In lieu of the ongoing writers and actors strikes, Tender Subject will be pivoting away from discussing current or recent movies and shows until the producers meet the demands of the unions and pay the workers a living wage. Although this podcast falls under the realm of professional criticism and the hosts are not looking for employment covered by the WGA and or SAC-AFTRA, we want to express solidarity in any way we can. We have decided to release this first episode of the planned series on Hannibal, but not record further episodes until after the strike has ended. NBC is considered a struck network, even if the show has long since ended. To learn more about the strike and how you can support it, please visit sagafterstrike.org and wgacontract2023.org. Those will both be in the show notes. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hmm. Uh, I found the list. Okay. okay. Things that would kill Hannibal Lecter on the spot. Okay. One, one sip of McDonald's Sprite. Okay. TikTok split screen videos. <laughs> 100 <laughs> gags. A Pop Tart. One uh, Pop Tart. <laughs> one Pop Tart. Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Any Anime Expo. Three in One Men's Shampoo. Walmart. Oh <laughs> I love that one. I love that one. Trisha Paytas, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I think it's South SC. Wait, did you say South Kim Carolina? Petras? Uh, Trisha Petras. Oh, Petas. 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 Oh. <laughs> I don't know American. Well, okay. Okay. Um, Monster, hey, Monster Energy is in there. So whoever had that. Uh, oh, that um, was me. Six, the Barbie, Barbie <laughs> Monster Energy. Public school lunches, Six Flags, South Park, The Grimace Shake, Mattress oh my Warehouse, God. and one Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> Could you imagine someone trying to talk to him about South Park? <laughs> I guess I have to volunteer. <laughs> I love that he exists in this world. I think it's great for him. Yes. <laughs> A world of his own choosing. Yeah. His design. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that is his design. That mm-hmm. is his design. <laughs> Tell me, Will, should I put cat ears on my Picru? it's like my favorite meme that ever happened the whole time i was watching the season i was just like tell me will like i remember there was someone on tumblr saying that they would like go to like family reunions and shit with their partner and just like talk like hannibal and will to each other and be like oh my god salad like (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness Oh, there's the microphone caught that that didn't pop very satisfactorily i think it it was pretty loud yeah. yeah. I don't know if my, it was satisfactorily. <laughs> my $12 wine. See, usually I'm a bitch who buys boxed wine because it aerates itself. And it's actually Ooh. not that bad if you don't mm. get the one in the white box. Like if you get the one that's like $15. The brown, the brown box with like a tasteful kind of yeah. blood red. It's like aerated. It's fine. Yeah. Is that picking Ooh, up? Ooh, look at this. That's the beginning of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Did that pick up? It did. I promise not to get sloshed. You I didn't just pour it to rice, be a classy though. bitch. You didn't pour it like Hannibal. So. Yeah, you have yeah. to like qu- empty the glass, like, gulp it back, and not do it again. Do a little don't, don't quaffing. Actually... <laughs> you have to stick your nose in it and smell it. Uh, not Hannibal. Hannibal does it from a distance. He has such he a has sensitive nose. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. My nose got fucked up Sniffer. in a car. Oh, and then you gotta 
swirl that bitch and look at the legs. It's supposed the to swirl really because this is not a thick one. This is a Pinot Noir. This isn't a cab salve. It's not going to have many legs. Look at the legs. <laughs> what the fuck was that? It's <laughs> part of wine tasting. Wow. You go like in your mouth and it aerates it for you. It did not sound. It, mm-hmm. it didn't <laughs> yeah. sound like part of wine tasting. <laughs> I'll cut it out. Um, no, but, it's fine. No, no, we have committed. Yeah, it's, um, this this bottle says soft and indulgent. I would disagree with that. This is a little uh, peppery, even though Pinot Noirs don't normally have that flavor profile. I associate that more with a Malbec. Oh my god! I've got something. Jesus, wet. Understand how this is considered cannibalism. Thank you. The sustenance we receive. Welcome to Tender Subject. Yeah. The only. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Nope. I'm doing it again. <laughs> Welcome to Tender Subject, the only podcast that wants to serve you lamb tongues on poppy oat. <laughs> My favorite way to eat lamb tongue. Even though now mm. I'm a pescatarian. But anyway. Would I'm you Kate. say that would be you silencing the lamb? The lamb. Oh. <laughs> it's true. Lamb yeah. lammies without tongues can't can't speak. Can't bleed. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm Kate. <laughs> My pronouns are she, her, they, them, and I'm a visual artist in South Philadelphia. <laughs> And I'm joined by. Hello, MJ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by a bitch that slurps. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I. By uh, one girl. slurpy bitch. <laughs> I am the bitch. Take a fucking sit, babes. Uh, I'm Jay. I use he/him pronouns, and I'm a music librarian. And very exciting this week, we have another guest. Hooray! Yay! Oh my god! Wow! Yes, introduce yourself. You never had another guest. This is the no, first. never the very first one. <laughs> yeah, this is we're so rare for you guys to have a guest every time. Mm-hmm. You're our first guest. Wow! Oh my god! <laughs> it, I'm not even the first guest for my fucking own podcast. No, <laughs> no, that's fine. It's fine. It's just you know, it's funny that. Uh, from all the guests that we have had. We even had the other half of my podcast, my two podcasts. That's true. Nevertheless, thank you so much for Who having are me. you? I be- yeah, <laughs> I wonder that. Um, I am enjoying my becoming. And um, <laughs> this is my design, actually. And okay. my design is uh, two podcasts. I'm Leon, by the way. Um, we have Hannibal Lecter here, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking Dutch Hannibal Lecter. That's like the yeah. worst. Okay. Can't, Dutch, can't do that. Lithuanian, yeah. Latvian, they're all the same, yeah. right? Yeah, no, totally. Same stretch of land. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Leon. Um, I've recorded with both Jay and Kate both. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've talked about gay stuff with... Lots of gay stuff. Jay. <laughs> I yeah, I'm fine. Jay heard gay stuff, and that's his, act- that's his activation phrase. That's You're right. when, um, yeah. when sleeper, yeah, f- yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I talked about like a felt goldman with Jay and how important it is to have relationships. Uh, we're going to talk about a sort of 
relationship again, I think, in this episode. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of touching points. I've talked about gay with uh, Kate about... Uh, gay with Kate. With, Gates, with Gates. Gay with Kate. <laughs> gay with Kate is my third I was, podcast. <laughs> I was gay uh-huh. with Kate over exhibitionary uh, cannibalism in Crimes of the Future, if you will. Mm, mm-hmm. I suppose it's a form of cannibalism. That's, uh, everything is cannibalism yeah, if you try hard enough. Yeah. Okay. You've deteriorated right away. Let's, uh, yeah, great. And uh, yeah, uh, and we've talked about uh, some other weird little guys. Not the weird little guys so that many we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. yeah, we've talked about some weird little guys and some gay vampires. And we today have. we're going to talk about the Dracula of, <laughs> That's of uh, really cannibals. Good. I like that. Yeah, Brian Fuller actually said that he based the dynamic of Will and Hannibal off of um, Louis and Lestat, respectively. That makes yeah. sense. If yeah. you don't know what it is, go listen to. Yeah, go listen to the gay <laughs> the vampire episode. episode. With a lovely K yeah. and Leslie. <laughs> about uh, an interview with a vampire, the TV series. Yeah. But also Shouts a little bit movie. So yeah, we are talking about, if you haven't guessed yet, we're talking about <laughs> Hannibal, the television Season one. show. Yeah. Season the one. MSNBC show? M- NBC. Mm-hmm. NBC. It, it, I don't yeah. know it was American. on basic cable, I'll tell you okay. that. It's definitely okay. not MSNBC. That's okay. like news. That's like Rachel Maddow. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, Rachel tr- Maddow yeah, okay. for Hannibal. <laughs> that They're their own um, version of Cannibal. Um, liberalism yes but anyway (laughs) (laughs) but yes we're doing season one of Hannibal the TV show we're gonna do season two and season three as well eventually but yeah we're so excited because it's like an incredibly rich I mean you know if we're doing a podcast about cannibalism you have to talk about Hannibal um, as you said the The cannibal not the Carthage in general no 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 would love to the, do one about the elephants, but okay. Love <laughs> yeah, elephants. I mean, eventually we should do like the entire yeah. uh, Hannibal verse. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess that would be like my first point of discussion is like, what all is our, what of this world have we, like what movies, what films, like what is our relationship to this show and the media surrounding it like i love this show it's one of my favorite shows Mm -hmm. Uh, i love silence of the lambs i own the criterion edition because i'm that bitch Mm -hmm. i love manhunter where brian cox is hannibal lecter because i love the red dragon story with like francis dollarhide but i have not seen the red dragon movie and i have not read any of the books oh and i've seen the hannibal movie where they're in uh rome oh yeah that one fucking whips and i haven't seen like hannibal rising or anything where it's Mm -hmm. young Hannibal. I didn't even know that exists. Young Hannibal. Yeah, he's played by that one like it's weird like looking hot Sheldon. French actor, like Gaspar or something. I don't know. Gaspar Noe. Yeah, the director, <laughs> yes. Um the 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 new French extremity director. Yes. yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. Gaspar Uliel or something. Okay. That guy. Yeah, I think we should cover the whole universe like over time personally i agree i want to talk about brian cox as hannibal yeah (laughs) i i used to like i mean that's a weird thing for someone who's like into all sorts of gross things but i used to like not like scary movies and scary things very much at all yeah because they were like too i guess i'm i'm someone who is like really sensitive to imagery and it's like too much so mm-hmm. even just thinking about it was like horrifying but also really interesting but you know it's like impossible to grow up 
without a million Hannibal, like Silence of the Lambs references anyway, because it's like such a huge part of culture. I mean, it won Best Picture at the Oscars. It's one of the only like horror films to yeah. do so. But besides that, like, you know, mm-hmm. just the whole Fava Bean and Chianti. Oh, I should have um, got Chianti. I'm an idiot. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. They, I don't think they have Chianti. Oh, no, you bought a bottle. I was going to say, they don't have Chianti in a box. But you can get Chianti. <laughs> that was so cunty. They don't have Chianti in a, in a box. That's, a, that's appropriate for, yeah. for this episode, I think. This is going to be an extremely uh, cunty episode, I yeah. think. But yeah, it's impossible to exist, I think, without like having mm-hmm. some references, which is why it's so interesting to have a show that is sort of like it like predates Silence of the Lambs, but then it's also like set in current times. And I love yeah. that like people kind of keep taking Hannibal and like trying new things with him. Yeah, it took a gay person to really unlock it, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's Brian such Fuller a gay, is a huge queer. Their relationship is so homoerotic, so and then good. you know Clarice is like very like queer coded, and Hannibal's always been queer coded. I would have found it very interesting um, because, like, the reason that they didn't ever touch Silence of the Lambs is that uh, that's the only one in the series that, like, the production company didn't have the rights to. A different oh, production okay. company has the rights to that, so that's why they couldn't touch Silence of the Lambs at all. But um, I would have found it interesting to see how a queer creator deals with Buffalo Bill. Hmm. Lan, what's your uh, history with, like, Hannibal and Silence of the Lambs? Uh, painfully short, I just watched Silence of the Lambs, and I watched this show, and I like this show. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. Once again, through cultural osmosis, I picked up a lot about Hannibal, the killer, Mm -hmm. the the cannibal. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I know a lot of plot beats of the... uh, Actually, I know so many plot points of the book that it really didn't inspire to, like, uh, for me to read the Sam Harris book, The Mm -hmm. Great Red Dragon and and that kind of stuff. I always wanted to, but I was like, well, I know what's going to happen because everybody fucking talks about it. Right. So I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah no anyway so i i know uh through cultural osmosis i know a bunch of things like hey they they switched up alana bloom's gender that's so cool and uh, that kind of stuff because i believe Freddie alana Lambs too. yeah they switched yeah. Freddie lambs too yeah <laughs> they added some women to it <laughs> wow it was right. otherwise a Fre- very i male... said Freddie lambs i meant Freddie lounge <laughs> I can't believe it is. I can't stop talking about lambs. Got <laughs> <laughs> kebab on the minds, and so. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at with Hannibal. Um, I once again, I've talked a lot about the show to yeah. friends. It's a fun queer indicator. Like, okay, what kind of queer are you? Do you like Hannibal? Right. It's <laughs> yeah. always uh, it's always kind of like uh, poking around with that. I like. Um, like, are you a pervert? Okay, cool. <laughs> right. Uh, I would say it's it's in, it's slightly indicative, maybe. I don't know, uh, but it's definitely a fun show to talk about, and I'm happy to talk about it with you guys. Finally, that's. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean it's. It's such a beautiful, like, I think, you know, we'll talk about art um, yes. <laughs> and, like, opera. Kind of have to. For sure. <laughs> um, but it's such a, like, incredibly I've been beautiful. been listening to Bach all week. Like. Evocative <laughs> show. Yeah. You know, and, and, like, so well, like, crafted, literally, because, you know, it's, like, all of the, in, in season one, 
everything is um every episode is titled after fine french dining and yeah. um mm-hmm. you know just the way every every scene like in uh in episode seven there's so much of um various people going to see their psychiatrists and mm-hmm. like doors opening and closing and like Hannibal's on one side of the door at one point on the other side of the door at the other point and like it's so good it's so well done um how Will Will and Hannibal are like you know these mirrors of each other yeah how familiar are we with Brian Fuller's other work I only seen American Gods season one I've seen American Gods yeah what what other things has he I mean I saw his Queer for Fear documentary Yes, which I thought was very, very fun. Shouts out to all the mm-hmm. cool people who were in that. Yeah. Uh, he also did Pushing Daisies. Oh, I yeah, I love Pushing mm-hmm. Daisies. Yes. Uh, I believe he did, is it Dead Like Me? That okay. one? I or Six Feet one. Under or something like that, which I haven't he seen. He didn't do Six Feet Under, but I, but I do like Six Feet Under. <laughs> but yeah, like my, my, my take on Brian Fuller as a like director or a showrunner or a creator is he is very interested in taking an aesthetic and pushing it to the extreme. Like he's a really big fan of like saturation. So like mm-hmm. with Pushing Daisies, you get this almost like theme park level of how saturated all the colors are where it looks like if you go to disney world and you go to mickey mouse's house and everything is like saturated colors and clean and perfect and like round and like it almost looks like the movie big fish like it's like Mm -hmm. like everything's bright and colorful and it's obviously not our reality but it's a kind of heightened reality and i would argue hannibal does the same thing but like goth (laughs) like like everything is artistic and beautiful and there's like minimalism and there's maximalism and just everything is so laden with meaning and uh i like it it might not look aesthetically like it fits in with his other work but just because it's not colorful quote unquote but Mm -hmm. i would argue that like it fits very well into this idea of like reality heightened which is actually like a definition of opera is reality heightened um mm. and so i would like he's a very operatic yeah um showrunner i would and do like, you director think, and creator yeah do you think this show is campy <laughs> yeah leon and i were talking about <laughs> this yeah <laughs> i feel yeah. like it's an important thing to talk about no, so i guess which definition of camp are we working on here are we are we going sontag or yeah, let's go sontag okay let's go sontag <laughs> So her definition of camp then is like part of it is like you're trying to do something like sincerely into like Mm -hmm. an extreme degree and you fail at it. Right. And then the failure of meeting some sort of aesthetic goal or something in the sincerity is what is camp. Like there's a level of irony to it. And then when like you're queer and doing this, then it's like you're doing that on purpose to a degree like no one at the camp met gala was camp and that in and of itself is camp right yeah and so it's like reveling in artifice and failure and like i mean i don't know failure well because it's like you're trying to do something and you fail to do it and it's in that failure to meet that expectation and do it that the camp lies hmm yeah, it's like how you failed to meet a gender uh, standard, 
you know, but our right, gender but that role. Is that, right? is that failing? Do we think it that's failing be. or just like not? I'm just asking for the sake of. I, I guess it depends on like, you know, if you're trying to meet that standard. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think. And you fail at it. I think of camp as being, you know, like consciously loving, like artifice, exaggeration, um, things that are unnatural like overly theatrical and then there is like a there's like a awareness of it like Mm -hmm. Sontag said that like so camp camp sees everything in quotation marks yeah Um, so it's like you can do the like unintentional camp but then you can also like like, on purpose do it yeah I mean yeah like I would say this show isn't unintentionally campy at all it's Mm. if it is campy it isn't very intentional and like the way that it could be campy is like I would argue in like the very melodramatic dialogue, like mm-hmm. that's where it's campy. It's not a like flamboyant camp. It's yeah. like the way they it's fucking like talk with each queens. other. No, yeah, no, this is not drag camp. This is like sometimes like it's the shit Will says. I'm like, are you listening? Like I'm like, who wrote this? <laughs> like, right. Well, and I think like, so this is like a a funny, weird comparison, but like, I really like Criminal Minds a lot because, which I think is probably unintentionally campy. Although I don't know, maybe that's not giving credit to Criminal Minds. Or it's like Law and Order SVU or something like that. But Criminal Minds is way more than Law and Order SVU. So like Criminal Minds is also FBI and the... The you know it's like if this were true there would be like thousands of of serial killers who all have like the same like sort of killing and like theatrical level as Hannibal like everywhere yeah, yeah. and like every week there's a new one like there's an episode in Criminal Minds where a a serial killer is turning women into marionettes based on something that happened. And it's always like an extremely one-to-one of like what happened in their childhood. Oh yeah. Mm. You know? So it's like, it's insane. It's ridiculous. It is not, it's a lo- in a lot of ways, not copaganda because it's just like, this is not real. There's no, yeah. there's no sense of reality in this show at all. And like it's it's way less real than like a law and order or something like that so it's like it reminds me of that because it's like yeah you know the idea that there are serial killers out there that are putting this much incredible thought like they're like bruce nowman's of like serial killers where they're like making these like beautiful installations every time they kill somebody is amazing but not real (laughs) like it's wonderful you know and that's why this show is interesting, I think, because it's like it transcends in a lot of ways, like propaganda and like the, you know, like murder of the week kind of thing. Yeah. Because, yeah. It feels yeah. very similar to the X-Files to me in that way, where it's like it's not totally dismissive of the concept of law enforcement or the FBI or anything. Mm-hmm. But like in the X-Files, Mulder and um, Scully are shown to be like quote the good ones and then it's the mm-hmm. entire rest of the institution because the whole like main plot of the x-files is like is it aliens or is it the government surprise it's both right 
um, like the government is just like lousy with corruption. The FBI is lousy with corruption, right? So it's like the FBI as an institution is not shown in a good light in the X-Files at all, I would argue. But Mulder and Scully as people with these skills and stuff right. are shown to be good most of the time. And I would argue the same is true of Hannibal where it's like, we have our like, kind of like not like total comic relief, but like our kind of the characters who are the funniest, who are, are like forensics people in the FBI. Right. Yeah. And like everyone here is FBI except Will, who's just a special agent. Cause he's a professor. The highest grade of morality being funny. Right. Yeah. But like, I would argue that like the FBI is, They've not shown to be bad as an institution, but shown to be very um, conflicted. Like with Jack, I would argue it's um, a very like Christian interpretation of the Abraham and Isaac kind of narrative of like the sacrificial. I have to do this thing because this higher power tells me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the quote right thing to do, even though this innocent quote will die in the process. Right. And I know that's like the Christian interpretation of it, of that story. So, like, Jack is shown to be right about everything for the most part, but in, like, bad in his methods, but he they're justified in a way. Right. So, it's, I wouldn't say it's, like, copaganda necessarily. It feels like Horror Vanguard right now are doing, like, a Twin Peaks retrospective. Mm-hmm. And I think in yeah. the first episode of it, they discuss the issue of his Twin Peaks copaganda and, like, complicated, complicating what does it mean to be copaganda and, like, what counts or, like, complicating that term. And I feel like that fits with, like this show as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean Cooper Agent Cooper is another example, I think, of like, you know, this weird sort of FBI outlier. Yeah. And again, it's like, you know, this is FBI that doesn't exist. Like Gordon is not an FBI a real FBI person. <laughs> like someone with that level of sensitivity and like um, interest. There's a trans woman in the FBI in 1992. Right. Who says, you like, know, and he says, fix your hearts or die. And like, that's not happening. And I mean, I no. wish, but also I don't wish because we shouldn't have the FBI. But, um, Land, I'm having do, terrible do think... flashbacks to, uh, I'm having terrible flashbacks to the CIA recruitment agency ad from a while ago from the inclusivity one. I don't know if you guys oh, remember that. Yes. Oh, the CIA always well they apparently haven't been anymore but they always come to the american library association conference and have a booth oh in the vendor um, hall recruiting people and yeah yeah they uh one of the inclusivity ones was yeah uh, i'm friends with um, allison yeah allison yeah and yeah she said that y'all drummed them out and they don't come back anymore (laughs) yeah they don't come back anymore but yeah like one of those inclusivity ones was one of the was a cia librarian Oh, cool. mm. mm-hmm. Lan, do you think that this is a campy show? Um, I think the show has uh, a lot of like everything is done intentionally, and that's right. what I love about the show. Like, there's even like the little like mimics, uh, the little facial uh, responses to people saying things and people saying the campy shit, uh, which <laughs> I, I love. By the way, I don't think it's shit in quality, but just campy so stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very interesting. I think, once again, from what I've n- seen from Brian Fuller, which is not a lot, but I think Brian Fuller has that one of his trademarks is purposeful stuff, doing stuff purposefully. Uh, there's no, there's never an accident in any of his work. Mm-hmm. All of it like contributes to like the shaping of image and like, well, if you will, the becoming of the characters and so forth and so on. And so I, I, th- I think he plays with it. 
maybe uh, once again, and I think maybe it's not so much for me how I understand campy, but more operatic, like we said earlier. Uh, which which opera is kind of camp, maybe sort of kind of, or it's its own thing. Um, it, it's it's excessively dramatic, but it revels in it, and I think yes. that's kind of camp. So in, mm-hmm. oh, in, in that element, I would recognize Hannibal as being camp. It's excessively dramatic, but it loves to do so, and it's not apologetic yes. for it. Brian Fuller like takes everything very seriously. Oh yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's it, it deals with these very well intense and. Well, I, I have no other word than intense, to be honest. Uh, this very intense imagery, or this very intense imagery. and But then at the same time, there is this very cliche in episode uh, 10, I believe, where like a girl drags another girl under the bed. But there's clearly not enough space under the bed for two <laughs> girls. And it's like this very... Like, like a Sam Raimi film all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. secret horror movie type thing. And I'm like, oh, that, I, I think that's campy, actually, now that I think about it. Like it has this also very personal aestheticism. It's a very beautiful show. It is uh, for its budget and for when it was shot. It's it has a certain clarity, but also but it looks like a filter. It's like before Instagram filters were popping off. It looks like it has an Instagram filter over it, and I think that looks you know beautiful. I think. And yeah, everyone looks well. gorgeous all the time. Oh yeah, it's, it's like, like a Vaseline. <laughs> coating on the lens but not quite like i know yeah not quite some... season one a drag race right no <laughs> not that much that's like a that was like a a cup of vaseline <laughs> so much <laughs> it's very personal coloring i would say Every, the color works so well um except for the first suit we see animal in i think that's a bad suit otherwise <laughs> terrific terrific suits there's a uh, red in every single scene apparently Oh. oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read that. Yeah. Okay. I'll take the, the, that your word for it. I didn't <laughs> notice it, but yeah, no. But like I said, everything is so deeply purposeful and it makes it fun to theorize about, I think. Mm-hmm. So it lends yeah. itself for. And I, once again, I like Brian Fuller. I admit I was a bit, uh, how to say this? I, I don't want to say suspicious, but the intro I got from him was that he got like a bunch of fans together to talk about Hannibal. And I was like, hmm, to me, this feels self-aggrandizing. I don't like this. But once again, <laughs> since it was mainly approached from a queer perspective, when I found out what they were saying, it was like, oh, no, this is cool. This is fine. Yeah. Like one thing I really appreciate about him as a creator and like when people who shipped Hannibal and Will were starting to get like attacked um, and like harassed and stuff. Hmm. And like called disgusting and called toxic and like basically like, you know, the Tumblr shipping wars, right? Brian Fuller defended the the fans and like just started like retweeting their like sicko fan art of like Hannibal going <laughs> to Will and like eating his dick off, right? Amazing. Fully just like retweeting fan porn and like supporting the like, you know, Hannah Graham thing. Like he instead of like letting people attack his fans he's like i'm one of them like he's like mm. i'm also one of the sicko perverts i mean that makes sense okay. you're yeah, yeah you're interpreting yeah. like an existing you know property so of course he's a huge fan yeah yeah that makes so much sense so like i appreciate that about him uh, he also always tweets in all caps <laughs> oh boy who is he robert smith i know why 
<laughs> I don't know. He's not a boomer, is he? I don't think so. <laughs> I think he's younger. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. He just he's just joie de vivre. I don't know. <laughs> he's just always excited. And his profile picture is Miss Piggy. <laughs> that oh. I love. That I love about him. I think that's perfect. Yeah. I wanted you guys to remember ask... Twitter? Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I still have Twitter. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so in episode i think it's episode seven when hannibal goes to see his uh psychiatrist played by the gorgeous jillian anderson who i kept saying her name is bedelia de maurier but i kept saying daphne de maurier (laughs) which i feel like is not an accident it's Um, not no but so she asks him so she calls him a person suit yeah. And then asks, are you a person suit or are you a human veil? And I wanted to he- hear <laughs> thoughts on that. So my takes, so suit is very masculine coded. Veil is very feminine coded, I would argue. Mm-hmm. So we can have fun with gender here. Yeah. And, and what is the function very... of a suit or a veil, right? Yeah, veils are like tra- transparent usually. Mm-hmm. You can poke through them a little bit. A suit is like a lot more contained. There's no um there's there's like an intimacy (laughs) with a veil. Mm -hmm. Especially the function of a veil is like the husband takes it off and kisses his bride for the first time Mm. or whatever, right? Like there's like an intimacy there. Just Will Will pulling up Hannibal's human veil. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm not 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 that in the very final scene when Hannibal goes to visit Will in um, the um, mental prison. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's uh, We de Cormeum um, from the Hannibal movie playing, which is an aria um, that translates to "See my heart." Mm. Like you know, the whole thing is. You know, so many times Will is going to his psychiatrist and talking about friendship and someone finally being able to understand him and see like he does and stuff. So, yeah, with his veil, he lifts it up every once in a while. Yeah. And episode seven is very much about, you know, Hannibal has a a client who wants to be his friend, which is like a. Oh, Franklin. um, yeah, Tucker. which is a, <laughs> there's so a many thoughts about Franklin. Wild violation of you know the therapist patient relationship, and then Hannibal goes and does the same thing to um, his psychiatrist and says that they're friends, and she's like, "We're not friends." And then right after that, Will comes to see Hannibal, and he's like, "Are we friends or are we?" You know, so it's interesting. It's like they're relationship is the the least defined and also the most like porous you know because they're not it's so like queer it's so good seeing each other as mm-hmm. therapist client and like they're sort of friends they're sort of co-workers <laughs> <laughs> they're sort of like cat and mouse you know like there's there's so much there yeah, I would say this is maybe a good way to segue into talking about the cannibalism in the show, which doesn't show up a lot, to be honest. But because like the first introduction of cannibalism in the show is as a form of relationship, as a form of love, 
quote unquote, right? As if I'm like this father wants to consume his daughter because he doesn't want her to go off to college anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like to cannibalize someone is to love them, uh, is to use every part of them, is to respect them, is to take them into yourself, is to protect them. Like this whole show is about connection. Like Will has very heightened empathy. And what is that if not connection? Right. So like this whole premise of the show is about how we connect with each other and how that can be a form of cannibalism. Um yeah yeah because that's the first example of cannibalism we get you know yeah it's kind of like skirted around a lot in Mm -hmm. the beginning i mean you know because it's hannibal yeah every time he kind of is like tongue you're just like yeah okay (laughs) yeah when he's like something red it's like oh that's you yeah and you know in i keep talking which is camp i keep talking about yeah he like almost winks to the camera (laughs) Yeah. Um, I keep talking about episode seven because I love it so much. But it's so um, good. I love yeah. seven and eight are my two favorite. When they're episodes. at the opera and the and that woman is like, you know, Hannibal, you used to have dinner parties all the time. You don't have dinner parties anymore. <laughs> he's like, you know, and it's basically like he's waiting for the like impetus to kill again. What a little but cunt. he's also I love waiting. <laughs> but he's also waiting for this like he says um i wrote it down because it's so beautiful the feast is life you put the life in your belly and you live yeah and it's like the hands yeah. up emoji right like he's not just serving dinner to people he's serving life to people that he's also taken he's like yeah. feeding people and stuff feeding like people people yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so um that's they Beating don't go to the opera square yeah <laughs> what's funny is it's like, that's not an opera they go to it's a benefit gala for hunger relief oh yeah. my god yeah. i missed that part <laughs> yeah and um, the the aria, i knew they were yeah. at a benefit but i didn't yeah. realize it was for that okay the aria that that soprano is singing is called uh, piangiaro la sorte mia from giulio cesare by handel um, and, um, uh, it starts at like a very slow, meditative, almost morose aria. Handel's very good at this with his, with his dramatic sopranos, right? And it's a Baroque opera too, right? I would say her voice is not right for this role, but that's me being a little bitch. <laughs> and, um, she's playing Cleopatra. And, um, first we get a recitative, which is where you talk in an opera. Um, so it is that one day I lose both splendor and grandeur, ah, cruel fate. Caesar, my beautiful God may be dead. Cornelia and Sesto are powerless and do not know how to help me. Oh God, no hope remains in my life. And then her aria, when she's got that fire in her, right, is I shall weep over my cruel fate. So long as there remains life in my breast, but once I have perished, I shall become a ghost and torment that tyrant from all directions, day and night. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love the part where he, how he puts it together as well. And like the, the, for the uh, winking to the camera, there's this amazing <laughs> scene that I always point to uh, is where, <laughs> is where um, Alana Bloom is drinking the beer and the beer has people in it. And obviously, yeah, and but these are oh, it's like my favorite coy moment of Hannibal, I think, because she's like, Oh, what's in here? and like she's tasting the beer, and he's like, I will only answer the question with yes or no. And we see, we see that he means that. I, what was so beautiful about like Hannibal's cannibalism is that he's always honest, 
Like, yes, he manipulates. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm getting at. But if you say, are you manipulating me and trying to eat me? He will be like, yeah. Tell me, Will. No. <laughs> no, he will be like, you know, he'll admit to it. And we see that in the later episodes as well. But I mm-hmm. love when he's like preparing the feast. <laughs> He like has this little Rolodex where people were rude Rolodex. to him. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> I love that. Rolodex. I love his gay little Rolodex. <laughs> it's like a little business card. Oh, can I have your business card? Yeah, sure. Here you go. And he puts it like in the eating. I'm going to eat these people Rolodex. <laughs> that's, that's all. I, I, if I was a cannibal, I would be like that. That's yeah. It's a really... his little fussy little recipe handwriting. It's yeah. so fussy. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Now, and like, what do you think about so like? his practice of cannibalism all often involves like eating people who he thinks are like rude or who have like crossed boundaries for him. That's yeah, interesting. Go on. Oh, go ahead. Leon. Go on. Off. Okay. Okay. Um, I think there's that motive kind of thing. Like in practice, that could be really interesting because that's when we could maybe see not a revolutionary politic in it, but like, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, but like, you know, if it were someone else doing it um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, we're viewing this as like not metaphorical because there is cannibalism happening, but like maybe in a different show and a different plot, someone doing that. Like, I, I remember like a, a very common like merch thing or a T-shirt thing or a fan thing was eat the rude mm-hmm. around this mm-hmm. show. Um, and obviously that sounds like eat the rich. Right. Like, you know, in politics, we've always used cannibalism as a kind of shock factor. Right. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting um, that that is his motive. And I feel like the class politics of this show are very complicated and very Mm -hmm. interesting, especially in this first season when there's so much art and music and wine and food. But Often we see Han- it frames Hannibal as justified. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. like, don't you want to kill the annoying people in your life too? Yeah. <laughs> like it kind of, every time it shows him like having a reaction to someone to being rude, the way that the show is framing that, like in, like that event happening, we're meant to see it as being a very rude offense as well. Mm. Like Franklin putting the tissue on the table and Hannibal's like... <laughs> <laughs> and he's like dead <laughs> yeah like i feel like the show is like framing we are supposed to be annoyed by the rudeness too because it's like why is the show titled hannibal why is the show not titled will you know why yeah. is the show not titled something else well, hannibal's much more interesting than will that's true i think but lan what do you think well, marketing reasons. Uh, Hannibal yeah. is very recognizable. It's true. Okay. Will is not recognizable. <laughs> and uh, no, but it's, once again, I don't know if it's, um, I like its approach to class. I don't know if it has like full on class politics. Once again, I'm, I'm, I don't mean Fair, to yeah. like, I don't mean to ride your back or whatever here, but I'm sorry. But it's to just like, just, back. but whatever, what, what do you guys say? <laughs> what is it called in English? I don't know. It's like uh, get off my back or something. I don't know. Oh like, yeah, something along those lines. Something with the back. Okay. I don't know. But um, <laughs> whatever you think I should. Any more wine? But <laughs> yeah, ride, ride that. Ride no. his, ride his back. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. and um, no. But in all seriousness, it okay. Um, <laughs> but it, it's once again, it does have an interesting approach to class, as in everybody can be a serial killer i do like that because once again <laughs> equality yeah no it's equal opportunity <laughs> it, equal more serial killer. 
Across the spectrum, we have equal opportunity cannibalism and we have equal Less, opportunities right. serial killism. With no equal opportunity for CIA agents, but we're definitely <laughs> cool with cannibalism and <laughs> well, serial yeah. killers. <laughs> and I don't know, it's 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 interesting that then there's there is great emotional depth in both ends of the class spectrum. Uh, a serial killer can be like this very refined person who makes the get cut strings, but it can also be a guy out of the middle of fucking nowhere. It can be yeah. like, you know, yeah, Fritz Joe, so to speak, and so forth and so on. And I, I do think that's interesting and I think it's refreshing because I think there are some uh, other unfortunate things with Buffalo Bill going on there as mm-hmm. well. Uh, a minor note, once again, not a major complaint, but I do like then that this is so multifaceted. And I love how many of them are linked to Hannibal. Everybody has like this link to Hannibal. Everybody wants to be the Chesapeake Ripper. Everyone yeah. is like, oh my god, the Chesapeake. Okay, for those who haven't watched it, by the way, uh, Hannibal is the Chesapeake Ripper. That's his. Uh, He's like cool... the Uber, yeah, the Uber killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I sent this uh, this meme to Jay, I believe, like how real life serial killers are called, like Triple Kill Joe or something. And this show is like <laughs> the Chesapeake Ripper. It's like you know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I forget I do, what uh, some of them were. I was like, "Tag yourself." I'll have to re- like, it was a TikTok. Minnesota Ripper, it. like the what is it called? The Minnesota, you know, the Minnesota something. Yeah, yeah, and like I don't know, I like that. There's a lot of rippers, actually. There have yeah. been a lot. It's a lot of ripping going Chicago on. Chicago rippers. A lot of ripping off. A lot of Jack, copycat killing. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, <laughs> there is a lot of copycat killing. Yeah, and I mean, like you're saying the the original, like the first serial killer cannibal we see i don't remember his name the father oh jacob hobbs um, gareth jacob, gareth hobbs. jacob yeah. hobbs yeah um yeah he lives in shrike that's right he lives in a you know in the country in like a small house but then he also has this like incredibly beautiful like that the when they go upstairs to the second floor of his like hunting cabin yeah and it's just like antlers yeah and it's not like just some antlers it's like floor to ceiling (laughs) it it looks like the inside of it just looks like a an installation like there's um an artist bruce nauman who does a lot of work with like taxidermy forms Mm. and um it reminds me of that like it is this incredibly gorgeous and disgusting like overly like they look like um you know like weeds that have overgrown everywhere but they're antlers yeah i think that this show has a very interesting marriage between the gross and the gorgeous i think that's like definitely one of the things um i would accuse hannibal then of having like this romantic revisionism um having like <laughs> this this beautiful image of this renaissance image uh, jay and i talked you and i talked about this a little bit we couldn't find uh if this was one of leonardo's uh the depictions or whatever but he kills like a guy uh like in the past and has like all these things protruding from him and it's like this renaissance image of like arrow and sword being pierced in like, oh, like yeah. wounded man but he uses like illustration is called yeah like car mechanic stuff like you know it's like it's just very crude and i feel like that's him commenting on the rudeness and uncivilizedness of people like it's like yeah. oh you're not beautiful because he only likes the beautiful people not necessarily western western civilization's notion of beauty but you have to act beautiful he's once again he's such an artist i suppose 
he has like oh you have to make a thing you have to be something you have to become something and you do that through like i don't know using someone's tongue as a page uh, as a book page or something that's so funny <laughs> like you know yeah, like, like hey I would so be gone. really curious as to like your yeah. opinion of all of this as someone who is an artist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that <laughs> it's like one of the things I kept thinking about was um, Dutch Vanitas paintings. Yes. Which are love me a Dutch painting. Yeah. Right. Which like, you know, if you're listening and don't know what they are and um, you know, you could look them up. It's Vanitas. That's the but same. They're, they're, yeah, they're these like <laughs> incredibly layered paintings that are like, it's usually like big flower arrangements, a skull, like maybe there's like a bug crawling on the flowers. And it's supposed to be about like the transition of like, you know, fleeting life, impending death. Um, it's funny because they're they're extremely like moralistic. They're supposed to be about, you know, like the ridiculousness of like excess and like because everything know, how, rots, right? Yeah, everything rots, um, including you. Um, <laughs> but I think that like a lot of people look at them and kind of do both like they get both reads from it, you know, because they're so beautiful and they're so like kind of overwhelming that. Like, if you don't look at it in sort of, like, a Christian way, you know, you can yeah. you can really look at it more like, you know, how easily, like, gorgeous turns into gross and, like, how easily objection, you know, like, creeps into the things that we think are beautiful. Like, yeah. how quickly a flower turns from, you know, like, full bloom to rotting and, like, what, you know. Is that still beautiful, you know? Yeah, and, like... It, sometimes it really is sometimes it's gorgeous you know and like sometimes it's beautiful to watch like a you know a bug crawl into a pear or whatever you know <laughs> and like you know the thing that makes people grossed out by all of those things is like you know the concept of abjection which is like the loss of definition of self mm-hmm. so like, we talk about this on the Raw episode. We do, because I love <sighs> Julia Kristeva because yes. I'm an artist and everybody talks about her if you're an artist. But yeah, like the the porousness of like objects, you know, grosses you out because it makes you think about the porousness of you <laughs> and how you can easily also rot and That's um, hot. decay. <laughs> but yeah, but it's also hot and it is used a lot of time to talk about the power of like the power of what happens in the porousness, which is like sort of the breakdown also of like traditional expectations, you know? So there's mm-hmm. like queerness to be found in that. There's like revolution to be found in that. Yeah. I think it's once again, it's uh, funny. I do think that's uh, the way there are multiple readings of it. And I'm not discounting any of them, by the way, mm-hmm. it's, um, but the Dutch Fanning Tusk painting, they are like a generation of a very specific cultural element of the Dutch, I would say. And that's that's it's Calvinism. Um, this Calvinism yeah. who is like this, uh, well, in my humble opinion, this very poorly revamped Memento Mori from the medieval ages. Like, hey, mm-hmm. but don't forget the dying. Um, <laughs> so you're going to die, my guy. So uh, don't 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 show off. And it's 
it's funny because that's so deeply rooted still in our culture about that you're not allowed to show off. You're not allowed to uh, feel good about yourself. There's this start saying that's like, just act normal because you're already crazy enough. And it's, yeah, it's not great. Um, it's why a lot of Dutch uh, like people just have like the living room right across the street. Like if there's a house and there's a street and like the, the living room is just like curtains open and everything because it shows like, oh, we have nothing to hide. We are normal. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's oh, I can. OK, I can't go on about this. No, I, I, but, yeah, but I think that's really interesting, though. <laughs> But I think some of that makes it into Hannibal with the Dutch Vanitas uh, paintings. Mm-hmm. Mainly that, like, we have this hyper-eccentric uh, Hannibal. And that is somewhat contrasted not only to Will, but also to Jack, I would argue. Mm-hmm. In a sense that, like, <laughs> Jack just wants everybody to be fucking normal. Jack is the Dutch guy in, in this scenario. Jack yeah. is also You're, you're already crazy enough, there. Will, so daddy. don't do anything. Don't add to this dynamic. Like, just be normal. And then, like, look at uh, fucking de- decapitated bodies for me. Just stay normal, okay? Right. Uh, <laughs> so, but isn't it interesting, though, that, like, Vanitas paintings are so, like baroque and layered and then come from like a calvinist tradition like it's so weird oh yeah dutch people then also love to show off yeah Um, yeah 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 (laughs) i mean they're beautiful i when i went to um amsterdam i spent two days in the Rijksmuseum because i just like love dutch paintings so much i do too (laughs) yeah no i think like it's best embodied in like rembrandt who like constantly complained about that uh, painters don't get enough attention but poets get all the attention <laughs> and he's no he, he really did it's kind of like the first dutch incel if you will but other th- <laughs> other than that he then constantly like didn't want to brag about it but he purposely always so uh, fundamentally returned to like virtuosity with his little uh, paintings about like uh my favorite one is like the um Oh, what's this? Uh, the guy lamenting the destruction of Jerusalem? Because you can like zoom in on uh, like this little plate that's there, and like it has tiny little details in the reflection of the plate, of the fire, and everything. And so, once again, you're not allowed to say, "Look at me! I'm f- uh, I I just made a fucking bomb ass painting." No, you're <laughs> just like, "Ta-da!" Like, okay, well, you know. And I don't know. I think there's something to that in with Will composed to Hannibal. Hannibal is like always never speaking about showing off but it's just there and that's kind of like dutch funny thought like mm-hmm. you know yeah like he, he would never say look at this painting look at this amazing book collection that i have go look at my book collection please validate me he would never do that right he has like the um i think like what americans think of as more of like a european sensibility just like <laughs> he's pan, Latvian, so <laughs> just like pan european though you know like sensibility of wealth and yeah. like objects you know that he's not he's not like a nouveau riche guy who has like gucci shit you know <laughs> like he has like well, if it does, it's one of the suits, but never the monogram. Green, right, you'd never red, yeah. see anything. Precisely. Yeah, you would never see a label on him or like... Definitely. You, um, see, you have this yeah. weird little wooden horse in the corner of the room. I don't know if you guys... <laughs> I saw I have, that you... I have, I have just, such an ombre. You took it to the horse. Because <laughs> everything right by looks the door. Different. Everything looks like it's so majestically tied together. He has like the little pillars in the room. Yeah, I love those like, pillars. You have like the office, the therapy corner, whatever, and then everything is behind the pillars. And 
then there's just at the at the foot at the door of the foot at the foot's door it's like this little horse that is like <laughs> so ugly it, it maybe doesn't it's serve, his maybe it's mad's it, own it's, horse <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the danish do get up some weird wood shit but that's not yeah a, that's, uh, and like yeah his curtains are very european like the floor <laughs> floor to ceiling they have to graze the floor they cannot like that is such a like i feel like um like every fancy european um like home decor magazine you know it's like the curtains like they don't go to the floor they go to mm. the floor and some more you know like that's okay. super important that's like a really important detail that i think is like yeah just all there's so much attention to like the way his house is put together i want to be his librarian yeah no shit <laughs> <laughs> How long do you think he would live as Hannibal's librarian? Like, how long well, do you think it would be before he killed you? I don't know, because we would, like, go to the opera together, right? I would, we would hang out and talk about the harpsichord. Um, um, I also like the theremin and been wanting to play it, so maybe he could teach me how to play you the like theremin. You like harpsichords? Yeah, yeah, no, like har- harpsichord sluts over here. So, so I don't a while. Know. Yeah, Probably maybe. a while. Yeah, he, maybe he, he, he might, them. like, he may like amputate one of my hands or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but he might like keep me around because I would have interesting conversation. Maybe we would like right. share the same interests. And you'd get for, like, to eat snooty, one of the fingers. Gay shit. Yeah. yeah, like I, I'd want to try it. I'd be like, hey, yeah. can I try it? What do you think that <laughs> Hannibal would ever let you eat a finger like a chicken wing? Like, a- oh hell yeah! <laughs> um, but it would he, have to be like he wouldn't. A, like it, well, it would have to be like you know what what was the sauce and how is it deep fried mm-hmm. and like what kind of butter was it like it all has of that to be one of the mother sauces from france right right or like if it was a spicy like what kind of chilies were there like it have to be some artisanal like hot wing you know no he would not do a hot i cannot no. imagine would. animal doing a hot wing you think he would appreciate the palate the spiciness i bet he mm. like cause he cooks um yeah, like I, I think he would appreciate <laughs> spicy food, but it would it would be it would be very flavorful. It wouldn't just be hot. You like know, he wouldn't just flavorful. throw him in an air fryer, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to add air fryers to the list of things yeah, that would kill Hannibal. Well, air fryers are just small convection ovens, and he has a convection yeah. oven. Yeah, so. he's already got what he needs. <laughs> yeah, he's got a beautiful kitchen. I want his kitchen so bad. I do <laughs> I think love cooking. <laughs> I do think that, that that's the attraction of the show. It's not so much the killing of rude people, but more, will Hannibal like me? We are all made into Franklin by watching this show. Right. I would argue. Yeah, you're, that's all, a really good point. That's and a really good point. We all want to see, and once again, uh, this is all about being seen and like that's so fucking queer and that's why it's so heavily queer-coded in my opinion. It's about seeing the true you and we see that Hannibal, despite being so excessively refined himself, is like, you know, is, is so gay for is so gay for Will. Like, but Will is his opposite and so forth. So no matter what you look like, if you're more on the refined spectrum or if you're more on the rough spectrum or whatever words you think I should have used, um, <laughs> it's, it's we all want to have this like little moment where we think that someone like Hannibal could be like, hmm, what an interesting person. I want to eat him or talk to or him. What or what an interesting person. I'm not going to eat him. Yeah. Yes. I'll or eat like, him later. I'm going to serve him like he gets to come over and eat my food. For now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I would say a place with that desire. That's despite him. And I think that's why I hope at least that's why Brian Fuller like defended the people who want to see Will and Hannibal together. You're supposed to kind of want that. Uh, you're supposed I mean, to also. He, yeah. He's explicitly said so. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah. I, I would then just just for someone who hasn't seen this series, like I personally am not like encouraging like deeply manipulative uh, relationships. And I think. The point is that that's not what it is about. The point is that once again, how okay, how boring would it be if they never got together? Like, what what kind of anticlimax would that be? Like, you know, if they never like, if, if Will and Hannibal were like, hmm, like see, like episode six, like, hmm, I think you're manipulating me. Ah, fuck. Okay, roll credits. That's, that's not a show, and yeah. so this, that's not art. It has to be art, and that art is Hanagram. I'm sorry. That's that's uh, yeah. But then also, it's like part of the desire that's built is through them like you know sort of like your idea of them together you know like if they got on the other hand like if they like fucked in episode seven and then they were like a couple (laughs) for the next two seasons like i mean that would be interesting i guess but yeah the desire (laughs) is different you know it's like will doesn't remember so but no right the desire (laughs) is different yeah yeah no because it's like you desiring that but in your own you know you're as a fan like clearly everyone is coming up with their own slash fic for will and animal (laughs) and some of what's interesting is like when people don't like visibly get together yeah yeah, I mean, like, will they, won't they with, like, Mulder right. and Scully. Desire and to, yeah, yeah, and then the, you have the desire built forever, you know. There, there's a quote in Sandman that uh, by Neil Gaiman, like the mm-hmm. graphic novel, that yeah. the character Desire says that is the price of getting what you want is getting what once you wanted. Mm-hmm. So the will they, won't they can never be resolved until the end. Yeah. Right? I think that's then also there a, is G- nothing that's after a Zizek it. thing, but he's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i i do like it when jizek talks about uh, i talked about we literally talked about this jay uh i don't know if it was on record or a post recording off the but, record jizek yeah. um, <laughs> off the record jizek discussion on uh library punk yeah, yeah. So, and it's like i my most cancelable opinion is that i kind of like his perfect guide to, to cinema i believe oh it's uh, awesome perfect guide to yeah. ideology I I'm, love it too. The there's both. One. Yeah, there's yeah. two. Yeah. I, I do still like that movie. Um, I just wish he would shut the fuck up about trans people. But yeah, Me that's too. Not a, yeah, yeah, you can just choose to shut the fuck, the fuck up, up and about be, yes. be a little pervert because, like, he has so much. Um, I feel like there are so many people who would be rooting for him if he yeah. just shut the fuck up and well, was just a weird little pervert because, like, yeah. who doesn't love a weird little pervert who also doesn't have bad opinions about trans people. <laughs> and it's like, I, I really, yeah, really had me going. You fooled me in the first half where he was like talking on like public TV about like, I like to get screwed in the ass by other guys or screw other guys in the ass or something. I was like, King. And then he was like, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about like from a, from a Lacani perspective, I don't understand trans people. Like shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, you were so close. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's uh Judith Butler Zizek cage fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of my friends on Twitter, who's also a librarian, 
Mm -hmm. will always post pictures about how much Maz Mickelson looks like Judith Butler. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, he does kind of. He does have yeah. like a like a how Killian Murphy has been doing like a Eileen Miles poet sort of look lately. Like I think there's a good there's something to be said for that now. Like in you know talking about um, Hannibal as a queer character. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think the queer subtext is really interesting, and I, yeah, if it's okay it's like with with. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Leon. <laughs> yeah, if it was okay. I would love to talk a little bit about, um, and this is once again, uh, feel free to shortcut it if you have to, but no. um, I would love to talk a bit about the uh, representation of autism on the show, mm. which oh, is yeah, neurodivergence in general. Yeah, let's do that. Neurodivergence has this element of, once again, I would not say it's equal to queer coding, but there's a lot of outrageous similarities as someone who is both queer and uh on this on uh neurodivergence mm-hmm. uh I, once again i'm dyslexic i'm some undoubtedly i'm somewhere on the spectrum and i have adhd so like you know uh take a pick um it's <laughs> <laughs> so i i always found like uh, the way people talk about uh people with neurodivergence and the way uh people quote unquote talk about uh, queer people is very similar in structure. The, the type of condemnation is very similar. Like they are these burdens on society. They are like weird and not worth, you know, interacting with. They're not productive properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They yeah. don't fit within this, uh, either within the nuclear family or within capitalism, kind of suck. And only only a very small kind of autism does. And, and once again, I do think then that uh, Will's autism or uh, well, his neurodivergence, we don't necessarily know what it is, um, but because it's it's not real, right? It's like there's nobody that can do it that well, and that's fine. I I love that because the show clearly plays with the supernatural a bit. Uh, mm, Jay and I, I you like and I that. were talking. Uh, mm-hmm. th- I, I was reminded that thanks to Jay because uh, we were talking about episode five, uh, which has the beautiful like angel wings, which reminded me of... Uh, Francis Bacon. Uh, Francis Bacon, the John oh, Deacon yeah. shoot for faux cover. That's uh, so beautiful. Yeah. Right? And once again, that's also very queer and like uh, Brian Fuller knows his stuff and that's nice. Um, but besides that. <laughs> it is that, nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, and, and, uh, but yeah, Jay, you reminded me that, that uh, the guy who sees like someone's head on fire, apparently this turns out to be a, this turns out to be a bad person. Like they mm-hmm. were also serial killers. Like it was a serial They're killer. They're serial rapists. Killed. Yeah. So. Yeah, like and, he's an angel of mercy, kind of. Yeah, but it's, it's like never explained tumor? how he like because like he's got like a brain tumor, but like the people he happens to see their heads on fire are also awful. Right. And it's never explained how. Yeah. Which yeah. does. Yeah. There's something it's like season two or three as well, where it's like there's like a fucking bird or a beehive or something in someone's chest. It's like how to get in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I love that's that it never true. explains that, you know? I think that's a good way to think about mm-hmm. um actually to think about Hannibal is like having real, not metaphorical, but like real elements of the supernatural. Oh yeah, super okay. sniffer. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Will's empathy is like off the charts. Like, it's not something that, like you said, like, it's not like a clinical definition of empathy. 
Yeah, and I do think it makes, once again, for me, who, once again, with the ADHD and being on the spectrum, I recognize patterns really fast. So I was like, oh, hey, I'm kind of like Will Graham, sort of kind of, I don't know. Um, not really, not in any serious way or like deeply intellectually. I was like, I recognized some of that. I recognized the tired look in his eyes, uh, the how how do I fix myself so I can be within a relationship with the person. And there's a lot of beats that are viscerally neurodivergent i would argue about will and i do even though once again i i could point some i can i can always find something to be frustrated about that's just who i am um but there are some points that i don't think have aged very well because once again autism does have a very unlucky track record in adaptation in Mm -hmm. media and so on and so on but i love it because it is it is sincere it's not meant to mock it's not meant to sensationalize because earlier i said oh off, before the recording i said oh will's empathy is a form of cannibalism but it isn't heck hannibal is the cannibal uh, is the cannibal and will is his opposite will lets himself be devoured yeah will is inter- cannibalized yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he creates this ever so fragile space in this ever so fragile neuro- neurological center where space is like folded together and like so forth and so on and he can just allow himself if everything was going to go great <laughs> if Hannibal didn't show up it would have probably been fine with the help of Alana Bloom he could have like allowed parts of himself to be cannibalized by these serial killers but then Hannibal is like haha no um, <laughs> it's what is fuck for me no it's um, <laughs> so I don't know I, I find that very beautiful even though it's a bit sensationalized, I do think it's so beautifully interwoven in the everything that I, I really like it. I don't know if anybody else has feelings about Will. Yeah, I would also say that like this comes out a couple years after Sherlock. Oh, mm-hmm. God. And <laughs> yeah. so to compare, because then Sherlock is bad, by the way. <laughs> and Sherlock, that show also puts forward Sherlock as being autistic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which, you know, if you read Sherlock Holmes, I would argue he's more like ADHD, but also these things aren't real things. These are a words that we use to describe symptoms. Right. Yeah. These are spectrums. Like a cluster yeah. of symptoms. Right. Yeah. But like the way that Sherlock's quote autism is portrayed as a superpower yeah. um, versus how Will's is because with Will, we see how it overwhelms him. We see how people then exploit him and mm-hmm. hurt him because of it. You never see like Sherlock get overwhelmed. You never see people yeah. exploit or take advantage of Sherlock. Whereas Will, it's like he's a person and people take advantage of him. And it shows how like this quote gift that he has, this incredible ability to connect with people even if they're awful, right? Like this ability to like be that close with another person that you basically become them. Like what a beautiful gift that could be. But people, especially the FBI takes advantage of that and exploits that and it hurts him. And we see how that affects him. And I think that's rare to see how people can exploit and hurt and take advantage of people who fit into this trope. Yeah. No, I think, once again, the FBI is, you, you have to decide for yourself if the FBI is justified in doing so. It, the show does not reach you, uh, give you, uh, doesn't hand down this easy answer, like this bad, this good, and or this justified, this not justified. Mm-hmm. Once again. Which I appreciate. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, totally, precisely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I think that that I thought at first, like, Will's character felt, like, weaker to me than Hannibal's character, I think, just because I was like, oh, we're doing this again. (laughs) You know, like, the super sensitive, like, detective type. But then he's not a detective. He doesn't want to be a detective. So, like, that kind of makes it interesting, too, because he didn't go into being... Because usually it's an FBI agent or a detective who has like yeah. hyper empathy or hyper, yeah, you know, like abilities to see, you know, like signs and things like that. Like, uh, uh, what's his name from Criminal Intent? Law and Order Criminal Intent. I forget which one it is. But anyway, <laughs> he's a wild character who has like that ability too. But it's like you see that person as like, quote unquote, like the winner. You know, like, okay, well, they Mm -hmm. have made their, you know, their like hyper empathy or or neurodivergence like into a way that can be like used by society properly. Like, oh, I'm a detective. So like I've fit my neurodivergence into society, whereas Will is like, this isn't really what I want to do. I'm really good at it. But like you are harming me as you do it. And he keeps trying to leave and they keep yeah. kind of saying like, well, you're the best person at this. Like we need you. you yeah, know? It's, it's heartbreaking that from once again, both the Jack spectrum and the Hannibal spectrum, he's getting manipulated. Like yeah. the type of language that they both use is like so disgusting. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's there's no care for Will in any of those processes. Like, sure, Hannibal, uh, well, I suppose Hannibal's more care for Will, but in a different type of way. I don't know. Yeah, and I think more eventually. Yeah, and like Jack kind of does, but then he pulls this, I don't know, what I would like to call bootstrap ideology. Yeah. Like this boom, these boomerisms of like, you know, oh, you know, I, do you want to let those people get killed, Will? And I, he like literally like tells him no three times. And then Jack like doesn't give him any reaction, just walks away knowing that Will will like, Will will like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know, do what he wants eventually. And I don't know. I think that's, yeah. everyone uses psychology so obnoxiously, manipulatively well, I right. think. Yeah, because Jack, I mean, yeah, Jack is like you were saying, Jay, like daddy, you know, <laughs> daddy FBI. And he's like, he is. Yeah. And he, and like, he's I also appreciate it, but he is. Yeah. And I appreciate He wears a man's spanner coat. He's not written as like a monster either. Um, you know, I think that like the story with his wife is really interesting too, because like. They were her... married in real life at the time. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like her brain is being cannibalized and they're her lungs. Con- lungs right? Or her yeah. lungs, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And their yeah. their conversations about why she didn't want to tell him and why you know, like she just knew that he wanted because he he's the daddy, he fixes things, he tries to get things done. And she's like, I don't think that's what is happening here. Getting things done is not gonna work. Like, there's no fixing this. This is stage four. Yeah. And he wants to, like, he sees everything as, like, productive models. You know, like, okay, you have this disease. We take care of it. You know, I'm in charge of the FBI. I need Will. We need to take care of this thing and solve this crime. Um, Mm -hmm. And everything is so much, you know, nothing is black and white like that. Once you 
like as the viewer because you're also identifying and empathizing with Hannibal which is like a wonderful trick you know so it's like you're not really sure who you want to be caught or not caught or killed and eaten you know like which is really fun as a viewer yeah like if, if Hannibal weren't likable the show wouldn't work oh totally like if you didn't want to if like you I think you were saying Leon like the whole thing of this show is like would Hannibal like me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would he eat me in a fun way or would he eat me because he thinks I'm a doofus or would he not eat me because he is like I don't even know her <laughs> you yeah. know like would he completely ignore me what do you think I'm rude no it's right what do you think I'm rude or just nothing it's yeah. funny that like once again both Jack and Hannibal again you are not supposed to be like oh I hope Jack or Hannibal finds me rude as in I think Jack is portrayed not as a good person but as a competent leader of his units right uh in and also often in like when someone has great skill in leadership the lines eventually blur between like trying to inspire someone and trying to commandeer someone and mm-hmm. when things are not going like you know when the leader experiences external pushback we don't really see this happening but we can assume with like this case going on the killer not being found where the fuck is the Chesapeake Reaper we tried to flush him out a couple of times like it's trying to, it's getting to Jack and then inspiration goes into, hey, you're going to do this, and uh, I'm commanding this of you. And that's usually where great leaders fall in a lot of tragedies, I think. Yeah. Maybe you can help me out, Jay. But it's this opera about, like, what's he? No, it's not King Lear, but it's like, what's this, the, what's that? There's a, an opera there's about a leader. There's like, a lot of this. <laughs> okay, well, no, that's our point then. The I one guess. opera. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on the name, but anyway. So, but that's my point. Like the great leadership often is real up until the point that it isn't, and that's such a fragile line. And I love how that's exhibited in Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've been going almost <laughs> an hour and a half. Yeah. I know this is us talking about an entire season, so I'm okay with yeah. this going a little longer. Um, what are some other things that we that folks um, haven't gotten a chance to bring up yet or want to touch on or go more in depth about? I talked about the horse, so I'm happy. You got the horse? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to talk about that I, I was actually talking to Jake last night about this mm-hmm. from, from our Raw episode was like how and actually actually i didn't really see people talk about hannibal this way but like generally people talk about i think a lot of critics talk about cannibalism in movies and tv as like purely metaphorical you know and they're like oh the least interesting part of this was the cannibalism oh yeah which i hate yeah and actually i feel like this show does such a good job of like weaving them together yeah. in like a really embodied way that you couldn't say that yeah we, we said it oh sorry jay uh, yeah, like um because it's like i would say that like a large focus of the show is not cannibalism because so many of the murders that we see in like are like monster of the week type episodes aren't cannibals however anytime hannibal cooks right it's either explicit or insinuated that like oh everything yeah. is people that's people 
Yeah. And so it's like they hired like a food designer who then has like written a book about this, like a cookbook. That I, yeah, I we should talk about the cookbook. If, there, or, if there's like, like a vegetarian recipes or something, <laughs> yeah. and they're probably not. Like I'll get some tofu <laughs> or something. But like the way that like the food, like you said, it's very embodied. It's not just like, oh, this person's a cannibal and they're eating them. It's like we see Hannibal preparing food. We see him with his, his faggy little Rolodex. We see <laughs> like it's it, his little cursive handwriting. I was yeah. like, queen, come on. We see like the way that the food is presented and prepared and it's like roots you and like like i love the moment when it's hannibal um will freddie lounge and um abigail yeah at the table mm-hmm. and abigail takes a bite of the food for the first time and kind of <laughs> her her eyes kind of go up uh, because my theory is that she recognizes the taste of, mm. of human flesh right yeah and like, it's like it's on it it's true because it's so funny it's like in this season particularly like a lot of i mean i guess in the future too like a lot of the actual cannibalism it's like you're watching it but not in the way that like cannibalism is shown in like raw for instance you know or right like, like it is a it's like it's showing meat ritual. just like any other meat. <laughs> right. And it's a it's very ritualistic because, you know, it's mm-hmm. all about the preparation and the sharing and the, you know, feeding your quote unquote friends, your other quote unquote friends. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, I don't think you can say that this show is not about the cannibalism, even though there isn't a ton of like, you know, like on screen like direct kind of listen yeah, yeah even though there is there's so much yeah. it's just it's all with it's like a bloody wink. it's all with a <laughs> wink and a nod yeah where you're like every time they're eating at hannibal's house we all know what they're eating yeah but that's like the beauty of like the visceral and the, uh what did we say earlier we said like the beauty of the grotesque and yeah the gro- you said the gross and the gorgeous which oh, the i gross love and the gorgeous yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's like it's this beautiful marriage and i've rarely seen a show so elegantly flip between real metaphor metaphor real and it understands that there's a direct symbiosis between the two right and like I think it's that's not one important. or the other it's both yeah. yeah it can't just be like like that was one of the things we can talk about this in a future episode but like <laughs> um you know yellow jackets like for instance like got wrong i think both in like the criticism and then also like making of the show that like it's not about you know everyone was like oh it's not about cannibalism it's about teens and their relationships and it's like well it's just cannibalism it has to be about both (laughs) yeah Yeah. like if you want to talk about cannibalism it has to be both you can't be one or the other you know you can't just be like this is all metaphorical yeah there's this once again there's then the very problematic desire to like from a lot of people to just want to cut out the uncomfortable parts mm-hmm. and sterile. Okay. I don't know if this is the right word, but create a sterile art environment where everything exists within the comfortable and like nothing challenges anything. Nobody, you know, it's, it's all very, it, it goes down very easily. And <laughs> I, I think that's indicative of like, uh, well, once again, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not art eating itself, but it is, uh, <laughs> But, it's but it is problematic. Art. No, it's yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, but, but I don't know. I, I I like the and once again this ties into Brian Fuller uh, doubling down on the uncomfortable parts 
on like you know it's like no actually this is kind of it's kind of part of it and you have to look at it you can't look away from it you cannot watch the show that's fine but you can't like watch the show and then be like actually no that doesn't matter it's it's all the metaphors and like this 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 ontological thing actual actually it's about the abstract cannibalism so (laughs) yeah yeah i think something i wanted to touch on was um something that we swore we would never talk about but we've touched on it a couple times is the show's depiction of true crime Oh no! Oh well, I I would argue is a form of cannibalism in and of itself. Yeah, the way it's portrayed. The reason why it's interesting is it's not true. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like not even remotely. Like if only cannibals were this interesting, or only serial killers were this interesting, what would the world look like? And like the way that Freddie (laughs) Lowndes is portrayed. Yeah. As a true crime. Well, she's not even true crime. She's just a journalist, but it's basically true crime. Well, true. Right? Yeah, because she does like, uh, like, we're supposed to believe she does like very like, um, she's like paparazzi for true crime. Right. But then she like <laughs> offers to like help write Abigail's book with her, which would be right. true crime. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Like she's like a skis. And yeah. I find it so interesting that the first time we see her is she is naked in a chair mm-hmm. at her computer uh writing or something and so it's like she is about like she manipulates she's duplicitous she lies but also like she is like the person who is like so bared in front of everyone like it's not a coincidence that she's naked the first time we right see her <laughs> she's naked in writing like, her column yeah right like this very confident way it's like she's the one being honest about all of this everyone else is like either trying to hide all of this or obfuscate it or whatever. And she's like, no, I'm going to tell everyone all of the fucked up shit that's happening. Yeah. And I'm going to make bank on it because capitalism, but like, she's so bared open for um, everyone. And she's also vegetarian, (laughs) (laughs) which I find hilarious. Yeah. And like, you're not supposed to like her because she's awful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I find this show, like, in my notes, every other bullet point is, like, X thing is cannibalism. And I was like, true crime is cannibalism. <laughs> yeah. um, the FBI is cannibalism. Well, and, like, yeah, I think the reason why it's okay to talk about true crime or crime in this case is because it's so aestheticized that mm-hmm. it is kind of no longer true. You know, that, yeah. like, the... This is like the trope of the, you know, like Mine Hunter, like the start of like, like CSI kind of like criminal studies, you know, like to the to its absolute extreme where it's just like buck wild, you know, and right. it's like this isn't real, you know, like will will like, you know, inhabits these people and he's like oh no this person isn't like you know that with the angels it's like what man suffering from a brain tumor who sees bad people's heads on fire yeah like goes to the trouble of like going to a motel and turning people into angels like that's not a thing but it's beautiful yeah um 
I think the, <laughs> the shows them, uh, as my closing thought, I guess, it shows them very interested in how do we depict beauty, but it's not interested in um, communicating any kind of material, luxur- luxurious beauty. The material is only there to reflect what's on the inside. So we see that directly in Hannibal's office, but we also see it in Will's home. It's a very simple, you know, he, he likes his little fishing gear and he likes dogs, so he has dogs and fishing gear. And so it's only <laughs> there, the material is only there to like reflect on what's on the inside. And mm. the show then understands, I think, and first I was like, oh, it's about being seen and like, and how, and how visible that can be. But I would argue it's more, it doesn't just simply stop at that. It's seen and being validated, great. But it understands that relationships then also offer the rare opportunity, dare I say visceral opportunity, to be made into a new creature and in turn also to flourish in your new becoming. And to, once again, this kind of ties into what Jay and I talked about with uh, Velvet Goldbine. That mm-hmm. the meaning is in between the relationships of people. This is the opening quote of the movie. Yeah? Oh, I'm yeah, not saying yeah. one for one, but it's something along the lines of like, we see the uh, psychoanalyst talking about like, meaning is generated by the, the connections to people. Right. And I, I would say that this show understands that really well. And I think that's what the show is about. Like the opportunity to become more or less with your relationships to other people. Yeah. There you go. That's, 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 that's all I had to say. Thank you so much. I love it. I think. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. I feel like that's a good place to end it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Real quick, what's everyone's favorite episode? Uh, oh, oh God, fuck. episode seven. Okay, sorbet. Okay, uh, I... episode eight for homage with the fucking human cello bullshit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have I have the fucking f holes of a cello tattooed on my oh, back. And man. The first time I watched that episode, I was like, "Let's fucking go!" Yeah, you're like <laughs> that episode. Yeah, play me like a cello, baby. Yeah, baby, it's so hot. It's so good when he shoves that cello neck down that guy's throat. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, cool. I just love that. Yeah, episode seven where it when it um you travel through the like the opera singers the like. elementary canal like right out of her hey. mouth. and um yeah it reminded me of the cook the thief his wife and her lover and yeah just like you know things coming out of the mouth going into the mouth like the you know the trap like the circuitousness i guess of of eating and being eaten yeah love it I, Leon, I don't know which number it is. I'm so sorry, but How it's dare you? I, uh, <laughs> it's 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 it either has to be the uh, I will only answer yes or no, or it will has to be the um, probably the girl who can't see faces, which I think is such a once again. Jay and I already talked a bit about like, hey, how is that a real thing or whatever? I believe it's also once again a real thing that's then sensationalized a little bit. Um, but there's this girl who thinks she's dead, and I find it so fascinating. Mm, like mm-hmm. the power of the mind and once again relations you have to other people thinking you're dead and it literally stopping circulation like it once again the human mind is such a interesting well there is a endless thing that it can produce endless things in the in the real physical uh in real physical way and the fact that she can't see faces i don't know why i'm so intrigued by that i once again i really like goya and i in the notes of this uh, episode i posted this um oh fuck what's it called again i'm so sorry boy staring at an apparition okay yeah it's just called uh, (laughs) oh there it is yeah the girl can see and um goya uh, painting this if 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 dear listener if you want to google it and wonder what the fuck i'm talking about yeah Uh, you know what i'm gonna start doing is um I think putting more visual reference into our social media, because we talk about 
art and paintings and whatever so much that yeah. I think it would be mm-hmm. fun to start doing. And that I just more. want to go off about all the the opera queer coding. Yeah, we should just episode have a seven lot and eight. Show notes on yeah. Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, can't wait for season two where I'm going to talk about how trout is not a Nietzschean fish at all. Is that season two or season three? That's two because he substitute Jack, I believe. And And I can't wait to talk about the um, (laughs) silo, the silo canvas. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I I love that. I let you see me, know me, (laughs) but you didn't want it. You know, when he like stabs him as the alt, like that's that's romance, baby. Stab me on a date. You know, romance. Mm -hmm. Um. Land, so would you like to do some plugs? Oh, um, by the time you're hearing this, you already have heard my co-hosts <laughs> plug the same shit that I'm about to plug no, again. That's all right. So I'm, I'm so sorry. You can find me at uh, Laboring Leon on uh, like social stuff, probably on on the cool new X platform that's going to break so many fucking laws. Um, <laughs> it's, it's never mind. Don't worry about it. And uh, I'm Blue Sky or Blue Ski, whatever the fuck we're calling it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm on the left uh, left page, a literature podcast, and on Here Be Media, which is kind of the same thing, but we talk about media instead of literature. So uh, yeah, Kate is on there, and Jay will be on there, and it's on there. So you go go if you like these people, go check us out. Please, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Thank I, you so much. I think to- oh. You're, yeah, thank you for coming on. No, always. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have two more of these. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever those come I out, mean, they fucking two tuned, at least. Two and at like, least. Potentially yeah. also all of the other um, lector. And the cookbook. And the cookbook. Oh, yeah. Let's cook some. Let's we'll do have that. to find a meat eater to eat the meat stuff for us. Yeah, we'll cook for them. I I, I would be so good at that. I want and to we do are, that. We're at um, tender underscore subject on the uh, i'm not calling it x the twitter platform that we love i need to so drop an much. x gonna give it to you you know anytime yeah. i know i listened to and that like four board. times a couple days ago i got it no. all out of my system good thank you so much for having anyway me. yeah thank we're you also, and we're also on blue sky at, we yeah, are we're tender just subject. Ten- tender subject yeah yes tinder subject dot b sky dot social yes Yes. Yes. Devour us. Devour us. <laughs> Devour our content. Eat me, baby. Eat us. <laughs> no, that's just and, for uh, the What I'll do is uh, one day we'll get it. Um, <laughs> and I'll be snooty and put in some like harpsichord music. Yes. At the end. Ding, We're yeah. going to do that. Yeah. yeah. Be a little harpsichord bitches. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to say, eat us. Good night. Harpsichord. Take care. Bye.